What drives you? What inspires you? Let's ignite your why. Welcome to the season finale of Ignite Your Why podcast. I'm your host, Austin T. Gullet, and we're here to have genuine conversations with authentic people to help amplify their voice and figure out what ignites their why. Today, we have the honor to speak with Jesse Armstead. He currently resides in Cincinnati, Ohio, and is currently a new account installer at CentOS. He also hosts his own podcast, Compassionate Fool, which comes out weekly. Jesse, how are you doing today? I'm good, man. Happy to be here. Happy to be here. <laughs> man, it's been a day. <laughs> yeah. It's yeah. been a day. I've been thinking about this episode all day today because I was like, I don't know how I'm going to get through it. Mm-hmm. Disclaimer, guys, I am a little under the weather. Um, I have a cough. It's been here for like two weeks. Turns out I wasn't taking my medicine right. <laughs> <laughs> I was supposed to be taking three pills a day for my cough, but I was only taking one. Didn't read the bottle fully. <laughs> you know how often that happens? Like, you just go to the doctor and they give you a pop, uh, bill. A uh, bill. A pill I bottle. Wish, I wish, well, they do give you a bill. Yeah, but. I don't want that. Um, a pill bottle. You just like, what a day, you know. You're not the only one. And I'm a little stuffy, so you're not the only one. <laughs> no, like, I literally, like, I, like, I read the first line, and it said, take one pill. <laughs> or it, take, it said, take one by mouth a day up to three times or something like that. Yeah, and I, was see. Like, I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> That's like you reading the terms and agreements. <laughs> Never do. <laughs> Check. <laughs> Check. You know Except. what I don't understand is why is a robot asking me if I'm not a robot? I don't get that either. <laughs> Especially like, I don't get that really. I'll be honest. It doesn't make no sense to me. I understand like in the shoe game, the body, like I get that. But other stuff I'm like, Right, like, I'm just trying to sign into my account. Yeah, I got the password. I, I got the password. I confirmed everything. You sent me a verification code and everything. everything. Like, why do I still have to do this? Right. Clearly, I'm not. Like, I don't know. Another layer of security that doesn't make sense, but what does nowadays? So True. So let's just hop straight into this, man. So what is your story? My story, my story. I guess it starts off in Dayton, Ohio. Um, I was born on uh, Wright Pat Air Force Base. I'm a triplet, so it was three of us, and I have five older siblings, two. Sheesh. So we grew up. Talk about the Brady Bunch. We grew up like just all together on a military base. Uh, traveled around. My first year of my life, uh, we were in Germany. Moved around. Eventually, we settled down around here in Liberty Township. Um. Mom and pops, pops from Chicago, mom from Hamilton, you know, uh, and they both were in the church. So imagine having a military uh, pops and he was the preacher in the church. Oh, man, you had to be on your P's and Q's, <laughs> say the least. But they, what do they say uh, is correct is we're the worst kids sometimes. I swear, I swear, my siblings was wild, right? So uh, me growing up with them, um, they were, gosh, they were always in trouble, <laughs> right? 
So they gave me an example of what not to do a lot of times mm-hmm. while still giving me those valuable lessons as a kid. And uh, being a triplet, it was cool because people go up to you like... Three you boys? T- two boys, okay. one girl. Okay. So uh, Josh, Jewel, and Jesse, right? And it was cool because you always had a best friend. You could pick and choose what friend you wanted, right? <laughs> Which has been nice. And you haven't always had a friend in me, too. Like, mm-hmm. So I will hate my sister, and me and my brother will be rocking. Um, the worst part about it was the competitive nature. Um, my, me and my twin brother, and this is something I regret, I hated him. Like You're laughing, but <laughs> I, I genuinely did not like this guy. And I, uh, not until like my junior year of high school, it's because he was good at everything, right? Mm-hmm. I'm just the type, all my brothers and sisters were good at everything. They were popular, and I was like the nerd. Like, as a kid, I was like the girliest little boy you would ever meet, mm-hmm. right? So they would be outside playing football, and I would be playing secret spies with the girls, and playing with the Barbies, and playing school with the girls, right? Mm-hmm. So uh, Jesse was very. Very feminine um, growing up, which I'm glad I was, right? Um, getting older, we went, we moved to uh, from Hamilton to Liberty Township. Went to school in the Lakota area. So I, I noticed know. we had some common friends. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so Lakota area um, is when I went to school. Around middle school is mm-hmm. when you start to kind of when you're a triplet, it's very hard for you to develop a sense of self, right? Because they're always lumping you, which the reason why I, me and my brother, like I said, but it is, is he's the complete opposite. He's very, he had a swag to him. Everybody was around him. He was good at everything he touched, right? Whereas me, I had two left feet, right? So... With that being said, it was like an envy and jealousy towards him. Uh, my sister could make friends out of everybody. I'm like, bro, <laughs> what happened to me? Like, am I the dysfunctional one? So um, my best friend at the time, which was actually my mom, I would go to her for everything, mm-hmm. right? Just simply everything. And unfortunately, uh, eighth grade year, we fe- my mom passed, right? And essentially, I found out that what happened with her was her own demon she was fighting caused her to pass. Which is crazy because the night before, she was playing, she was dancing, and everything like that, right? Um, When she passed, I think that's the first taste of... I I was depressed as a kid, Mm -hmm. but I would never show it. I was always helpful and everything like that. But when she passed, I saw everybody around me so sad that I felt like at a certain point I couldn't deal with it myself. So I stopped being Jesse and started being everything people wanted me to be at the time. So I was a gentle Jesse. When I was angry, never show it. You're not going to... I had to be this way. You had to, like, mask your emotions. Yeah, yeah, Matt. And I was 13 at the time. And it's crazy how something like that just 
turns something in your it makes you grow up mm-hmm. and mature a little quicker. Um, and I constantly mask my emotions where my sister could be rowdy if she wanted to. My brother could be rowdy if she they wanted to. They can get into it with people at school, and I'm always the peacemaker. Like, no, don't fight. I'll take the blame for this. I The people pleaser, right? Oh, trust me. I get it. <laughs> I get it. I get it. I get it. I totally do. It, it, it's, it's rough because, like, being taken advantage of, being heartbroken just with dating and everything like that. Um, so middle school, I'm the people pleaser. I started uh, playing sports because I saw all the attention my brother was getting. Mm-hmm. Uh, when we were in elementary school. So come to middle school, now you got to have skill, right? He made the team, and I didn't. So imagine what that did. And I can't talk to my mom about it because she's gone at this point. So, you, well, no, she she passed after the trials, like literally two months after, mm-hmm. like crazy, right? So um, after that, like, it's a lot of bottled emotions that I constantly, a lot of resentment, hatred, anger, and I felt like I could never be me at the time. Mm-hmm. But I was always nice. I was always gentle, smiling, respectful. Going to high school, we went to Lakota East, and then we transferred for sports to a private school, Cincinnati Christian. I, was, I got the uh, opportunity to play uh, for David Fulcher. Um, if you guys don't know who that is, Cincinnati bingo legend um safety he played for um went to ccs and ccs was the first time i started kind of being myself mm-hmm. a little bit but still reserved because joshua yeah if you kind of got that new beginning though you know what i mean it, like it, it was nice you're in that sense of like you're growing up with the same people mm-hmm. going to the same school seeing the same people over and over again mm-hmm. so when you get to transfer it's like a fresh start it's a new beginning it it was, but at the same time, I felt like it still kind of molded to be the same way that mm-hmm. it was uh, in my past, right? Once again, he's showing out on the court, and I'm at this point, we're a lot. I'm a lot better, right? Um, we're small. Keep in mind, like freshman year, I was five two, and <laughs> sophomore year, I was five five. You know, we were the littlest per- person, like. On the court, Josh just to this day, all the competition I played, everything I seen, um, we played like Tyler Eulis. We played, mm-hmm. uh, we played people from, like I played against a guy who played overseas, uh, Kevin Sewell, and to this day, my brother's still one of the best shooters I've ever seen. Right, um, and that kills you, right? The competitive nature, you know how good he is. And he he never worked as hard as hard as me. Like there would be times that I'm like, just comes natural. It's just, it's just na- natural. It's the most annoying thing. <laughs> I think it's funny because like everyone would say the same thing about me. <laughs> <laughs> like literally, um, every every sport I played, like it just came natural to me. Mm-hmm. Like I still worked hard. Like yeah, but it just was. Like, you just got it. You were my brother, right? <laughs> my brother, like, he had his thing, like, mm-hmm. right? Like, he did, like, he was good at soccer, but, like, he played baseball, like, didn't really like it. Like, played basketball, didn't really like it. It was just, like, it just wasn't his thing, right? Mm-hmm. But then, like, when I played, like, it just came so, so easy. Mm-hmm. Like, I didn't really have to, to 
to try. Like every sport I played, like I was good at. Just, it just clicks. And some people just have that natural ability. But what sucked is when you're in the gym, and my dad, my dad is probably the most wise person that I have ever met in my life. And he would tell us the formulas that we need to do. Josh, you just go play games. You need game experience. And Josh gets to play scrimmages at the YMCA. My dad had me ball handling around the court. <laughs> like I'm, I'm, I'm looking at my dad like I don't need to do this. Like it, it, it was one time we were at the YMCA and I was so frustrated that he had me constantly just dribbling the ball around the court. I'm like, no, fuck this. I'm gonna shoot. Like, <laughs> and I got so much trouble for it. And he was like, if you don't want me to help you, I'm not going to. And to this day, that something I kind of regret, like just not listening to him. Um, but anyway, and we're at CCS, we develop, and I grew to love sports for me at that point. Um, we got cheated off the varsity team. Another, like we transferred schools for polit because of politics. Yeah. And then another, you know, bus hit us. And at this point, like, now I'm on the JV team. Me and my brother's on the JV team. Like, bro, like, this is easy. Like, he put up 20 points in one quarter. <laughs> like, like what, what are we doing there? So, coach promised us, us to move us up. He got moved up at the end of the season. I stayed there. And I was averaging a double-double. Trust me. No, I get that. Like, <laughs> this is, like, the part of the reason why I quit basketball. <clears throat> Some, I, like, regret, like, quitting basketball. Like, basketball was, like, my favorite sport. Mm-hmm. It was probably my best sport. And I always think back, like, if I would have actually taken the time to focus solely on one sport, because mm-hmm. my parents always talked about putting me in a different school mm-hmm. for sports. It was nice. It's nice. But <laughs> living in the inner city and my parents having to work, like, I always had a way to school. Like, if I would have transferred, I would have had a way to school. But I didn't have a way home. Because yeah. my dad gets off at 5. My mom gets off at 4.30. Like, I had nothing to do. And I'm not going to stay at school. <laughs> so right. so I went to Holmes. Like, I'm super blessed and grateful that I went to Holmes. But I will never forget my my freshman year of basketball. Never yeah. forget it. Like, literally, uh, led in every statistical category. Right? Everything. Besides rebounding, I was... Not like was, no, that's why second, you see right? my eyes. I was like rebounding too. Like I was, in, I was second that's though. That's hard, right? Free throw percentage, free three points made, three point percentage, like everything. Let in every category, right? <coughs> Sorry, <laughs> every person on the freshman team got pulled up to JV after our season ended, but me. So, <laughs> so my at the time, like I'm not thinking anything of it. Like I'm like okay. Whatever. baseball season right. like let's go like it's fine like i'm a freshman like i don't really like i'm not thinking too much into it mm-hmm. so i'm like i'm at a game at simon kitten high school out in like independence my mm-hmm. cousin was a senior and he played basketball mm-hmm. well my high school was playing them like the next week so like i'm out there like hanging out with my baseball friends from my select team mm-hmm. and then the varsity coach is there sees my dad and he's like hey why hasn't austin been coming to practice my dad was like, what do you mean? He's like, he's not coming to like JV practices or anything. <clears throat> so I was like, oh. He was like, no one ever told him to to come, right? So he's like, tell him to come Monday. So I come on Monday. I show up to practice. This JV coach, I'm not going to say names. People probably know who he is. Mm-hmm. Um, 
but like he was just like what are you doing here and i was like oh like coach boer told me to come and he didn't he didn't believe me in a sense right. so he like had to confirm it with the coach Dang. so then he walks down and gets me like practice gear and everything and i like remember one game it was jv game we were up 22 points in the first half i was the only player who didn't get in <laughs> the only player we ended up losing that game by the way had a 22 point lead at halftime and we lost the game but like it just got to a point where like when sophomore year came around like i played soccer as well and i was on the football team i was the kicker mm-hmm. so i was at soccer practice and then when soccer did i was in football so like i obviously like came into basketball season a little bit after everyone else because mm-hmm. season's kind of start october 15th in basketball but football season doesn't end until the beginning of november Mm-hmm. So I show up and got to a point where, one, I'm in the best condition. Like, I'm mm-hmm. finishing first in almost everything. Like, because I was quick. Right. But I wasn't saying I'm the fastest. I wasn't the fastest on the you team. You had the quick first but step. Like, but, like, I, I had, like, the speed, the stamina. Uh, like, I had I everything. So, like, we're running suicides mm-hmm. over and over and over again. And I'm still, like, just going mm-hmm. because, like, I am in that condition, right? Mm-hmm. But I got to a point where... People are learning the story for the first time, probably. <laughs> but <laughs> it got to a point where I would be the only person who wouldn't get in, like, the scrimmages or, like, when they're running plays. Like, I was always standing off to the side. Mm-hmm. I felt like I didn't, like, belong. Mm-hmm. Um, and I didn't enjoy playing anymore. Um, mm-hmm. This coach made me hate playing the game. And that, that says a lot. Like, for me to love the game but not love playing it anymore right right and then when i quit i like <laughs> i hid it from my dad for two weeks oh wow. <laughs> i couldn't tell him because like, i was like i'm afraid to like i didn't know how he would take it even it wasn't i mean it was your fault that you quit but it's not your fault that you came to that con- conclusion right necessarily. but like my dad has always been my basketball coach oh. so growing up like you know what i mean like he coached certain te- like he coached one team and then I was on another team. I played on a lot of teams. Like, but trust like, me, I understand. <laughs> we had that bond through basketball, mm-hmm. right? And it was kind of like I was afraid to tell him because I didn't want him to be like disappointed in me. You felt like uh you broke that bond? Not necessarily broke the bond, but it was kind of just like I'm a people pleaser. Uh, so I don't like letting yeah. people down. So mm-hmm. I knew by telling him I wasn't playing, he would be upset. Right. Mm-hmm. And I didn't know how to like tell him. So I told my mom. <laughs> <laughs> you got to tell. <laughs> but no, I didn't even want her to tell her. Like I was like, I'll eventually like tell him. Cause it got to a point where my dad was coming home and he's like, How was practice? And I was like, Oh, it was good. Wasn't going. <laughs> like Oh man, you, you know? just lying at this point. <laughs> so my mom eventually like told him and they called me in like the room at like midnight one night and well, my dad one of those late night talks okay and i was just like okay <laughs> but yeah that's that's my story guys even though <laughs> I, I i it's politics and it sucks because i understand like coaches want to they they got their favoritism but we left a school with favoritism and politics because freshman year i seventh eighth grade i didn't make it and i admit i was trash <laughs> I, I was trash <laughs> But, like, literally from eighth grade year to ninth grade, I was probably, me and my brother was, my dad goes to work at eight. He dropped us off at the YMCA, so eight hours were balling. And a day, all throughout the summer, um, going to camps and all over the country, right? So we're slowly developing, and I'm starting to kind of catch my stride 
if you DeMar DeRozan's who I started playing like, like mid-range, everybody shoot the, I'm going to shoot the mid-range. Like, I'll be the best at this. We got cut because our height. I'm 5'2", he's 5'5". <laughs> like, so the skill was there finally. I yeah. finally got cut. That's when we transferred just to find out there's politics there too. There's politics everywhere you go though. <laughs> it was frustrating because you'll see us play and I remember to this day the school was, half the school was like, what? You guys didn't what? You're not on for how? How? Like, and it got to a point my brother was so mad, he called out a person on varsity or a swinger uh that was playing varsity. And he was like, This is the guy you put on varsity? Let's play one on one. And I and I knew in my head, I was like, I got next. Anybody on the team, I got next. Because we wanted to prove a point. So he called him, <laughs> called the guy out. And this is another reason why I kind of envied him because he can back up everything he says. It's crazy. <laughs> but he called him out, and they were playing the game to uh, 11. The guy scored one point. And that, that's because my brother led him <laughs> to make it interesting. Like, that, that's, that, that was his mindset. And then after that, they wouldn't let me play nobody. For reasons, and then anytime we scrim, it's the varsity group. Right, come on now. But anyway, uh, played uh, a CCS a little bit, then transferred back to uh, Lakota East, and we gave up sports. Right, we just gave it up. We we were tired of it, and I I wish I would have stuck with football mm-hmm. because I we developed so late, like junior uh, year going into senior years when we had a growth spurt, puberty. You know, all that fun jazz, right? And we didn't play. And I'm still trying to chase this dream to be an athlete and everything like that. So going to college, he went to the military, which pissed me off because he had the skills to play. Yeah. So it's like things keep on getting thrown in my face, whereas my sister now, she she stayed at ease, and she has all these friends, and she, her name's known in the school at this point. Mm-hmm. Where does Jesse stand? So you have Jesse, like, feeling so envious but you know you got to keep that mask on or whatever so go to college and everything started playing in college or try train training and then that's not going anywhere it wasn't going anywhere i wasn't getting the opportunities that i wanted and then one day i was at work and i got a call and this this will kind of transition into what i do now got a call from a director from my acting class I was mm-hmm. in just to do it for fun. Hey, come try out or audition, excuse me. Audition. Went in audition. Got a lead role. What? <laughs> what? Like, what? So got a lead role. The play was called The America Play. Um, and started doing that. And all my focus went from sports, sports, sports. And I finally found something that I can call mine. That passion. That passion, exactly. Um, which was acting at the time, stage acting, and then started doing other stuff. Mm-hmm. But I was always still had this jealousy, envious part of me that kind of held me back from a lot of stuff, even putting out work because I was scared. Right. You know, we, I think that's the thing with athletes, though, 
Because it's like when you put all your time and you invest so much into one thing or certain things, it's hard to kind of let go because you're kind of afraid of that unknown. But then it's, it's like when you, when you find that that thing, that one thing where you can be like, ah, this is it, mm-hmm. right? This podcast is it for me, right? It's right. one of those things. I have a few, but like, <laughs> it's like one of those things, right? And it's kind of like you shift that energy. Like the passion for sports is still there. Like I still love them. I can watch them. I can play. I couldn't even watch it. When I stopped playing sports, I truly had trouble watching. Like to this day, I would never go to a high school game. Why? Because I'm so scarred from all the work I put put in and then not paying off. Like, and I have to do better at forgiving not only myself, but the people who I felt like didn't give me the opportunity. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, going to what you said, I I literally just switched that passion to something else. So started mm-hmm. acting. And I mean, I'm in the mirror every morning at this point, saying monologues from movies, brush my teeth, you know, just saying monologues, um, just talking to myself. And then at the same time I found acting, I found I always heard a podcast, but I didn't really, you know, I didn't really pay attention to it. Mm -hmm. And then I was like, oh, this is another form of entertainment. And this is like a year before podcasts really started blowing up, right? That, which was about four years ago is when podcasts like started going crazy, right? So, um, listen to podcasts. I like this. I love having conversations with people. I, I can do this. And I try. You can even... Ask Devon. <laughs> Me and Devon shot an episode. My dog ruined it uh, a few years back, but found acting, found just entertainment in general, the entertainment field, something I never thought I would be in because sports. And then my, I know my mom, one of the things she wanted me, the only reason I was going to school is because she wanted me to be a doctor, right? So now I have, you know, parents' burdens on me. And I thought my dad, has like several degrees and now you're like i'm trying to be like my dad i'm trying to fulfill my mom's wishes at the same time i'm still envious of my brother because he's in the military ranking up crazy Mm -hmm. i'm doing nothing it comes to a time where you just gotta like learn to live for yourself yes um and i think that's like the the hardest thing is like a people pleaser uh is like you always want to please everyone else that you sometimes forget like what matters the most and that's yourself and how you're truly feeling so we've kind of just dived into a little bit of your passions and i'm kind of excited to see like where this next part goes so let's just go ahead and get into the next segment here uh so it is like the big core so Mm -hmm. what is it that truly inspires you but more importantly what is it that ignites your why um i would have to say growth growth in living for me you know uh last year i went through a lot of health problems my body's like physically was breaking down i was at a job that i hated had all this stress and it felt like felt like this is the first time you say it out loud but felt like i was dying like literally spiritually and physically dying right mm-hmm. and I went on vacation with my wife's family and every morning I got up at five and I just stood on the beach. I just stood on the beach and looked out on the sunset, right? And when you're looking at an ocean, you see how vast it is, how it's like a 
beautiful, but just it's beautiful, right? Mm-hmm. And it gives you a sense of peace. And I just self-reflected the whole time. Self-reflected, worked out some days, but self-reflected. And I realized the life I'm living, I might as well be dead. Because I'm not living for myself. I'm trying to be other people. I'm envious, jealous. What does Jesse want? That's the first time I truly ask myself, what does Jesse want? Right? I, I don't want to be the same person that I was yesterday. I don't want to be the same person I was 10 years ago. I don't want to feel like I'm dying while I'm alive. Right? And that's when I was like, I have to be better every day because my mom didn't have those extra days. People around me didn't have those extra days. I have a daughter now and I have a wife and I, I get emotional talking about it because it's like, it's real. Like it's a real, like scary emotion to feel like that you're dying and you're like, what's the point, you know? And I I felt my depression started seeping in and I'm like, no more. Let me get control of my life again, quit my job. And I'm blessed to have a wife that truly understands me, right? And she was like, do it, do it. We'll figure it out, do it. Um, And from there on, I just started growing. I just started growing. And that has been my driving factor. If I, I, I will never be the same Jesse as I was yesterday. Mm-hmm. I will always find a way, whether that's reading, working out, doing more podcasts or acting work, doing more writing. I would never be the same. Um, I, it just, it was a burning passion I found that week on the beach. It's just a burning passion. Like, I want more for my life. And I want my mom to look down on me and like, you did it. Like, you found that peace that I couldn't find. Because my mom wasn't at peace when she passed. And once again, I'm trying not to get choked up about it because mm-hmm. it's just such an emotional thing to talk about, right? Um, that That's what ignites me. Uh, growing, being the best husband I can be, being the best friend I can be, being the best podcaster, actor, writer that I can be, be even being the best employee, you know, like when I started, when I finally found a new job, like I took three months off because I was like, I'm not going to settle. That's another thing. Like, I want more people to understand how to settle. Even when it gets hard, don't settle. Because at the end of the day, you, you have that one life. Why would you live just to feel dead? You know, why would you make decisions just to feel dead? Everybody has a reason, you know, uh, to be able to live the life they want or strive for, you know? So I, I guess that's what pushes me the most. It's interesting because it's like the things that like you're saying there, it's kind of just like, I said no to so many jobs before. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, people are like, Oh, like you should do this. You should do that. It's not what I want to do. Like right. I want to do what I want to do. <laughs> like, you know, and it's like you found that, that point in life where you're just like, okay, I'm living for me, right? Mm-hmm. I'm living, I'm going to be the best version of myself. My mentor, 
he always told me, like, I, it's engraved in my brain. Like, I'll never forget it because I always remember it. He's like, I don't care what job you do, <laughs> right? You're just going to be the best damn person at it, mm-hmm. right? You're not going to give anybody a reason to say anything negative about you because you're going to be the best damn employee you can be. I don't care if you're a janitor. You're going to be the best damn janitor they got, right? So it's always putting your best foot forward. And I always will n- I'll never forget that because it's like, you are representing yourself. Mm-hmm. I'm not like, yes, like I have my family right. and everything, but I'm a product of me, mm-hmm. right? And I'm giving people a part of me and who I am, right? Mm-hmm. And I want people to view me <laughs> a certain way, right? <clears throat> which can be positive and can be negative at the same time. Cause sometimes like I can be too hard on myself or cause like I strive for perfection. I, I, I used to do that be too hard um on myself i i call that moment on the beach my broken chain i have a chain in my studio where i shoot um sitting on a bookshelf that was my broken chain moment because i keep on thinking about people with golden handcuffs or even slavery like sometimes you gotta just break those chains to finally feel free and with the golden handcuffs sometimes you're at that job you love or don't love um, but you love the money. <laughs> um, but you got to do stuff for you, you know, um, especially with me having a daughter and wife, man, like they need dad to be mentally stable. They need dad to provide. I can't, you know, they need dad to be able to be vulnerable too. A lot of men feel like they can't be vulnerable and cry. I'm right now I'm trying not to cry now. <laughs> like even talking about this because it's such a pivotal moment in my life. Um that people pleasing stuff. It that's if I could teach my daughter one thing, it's forget what people say. Do what you love, be respectful, but people will always be wishy washy. You can only depend on your true feelings, you know, towards mm-hmm. them. It's interesting because it's like I like I'm trying to process that myself. Like it's I'm, hard. I'm like in that like that journey of mm-hmm. trying to retrain my brain <laughs> to think differently, mm-hmm. right? Because like I can, like I shouldn't care what people think about me, but like if someone walks in the room and like they're talking to someone and like I'm there, I'm like, oh, they're talking about me. <laughs> Just mentally. Why Why is that? When you see somebody and they just whisper and you're like, say it to my face. <laughs> it's like, why are you talking about me? Like, you're right. But it, they're probably not talking about no, me. No. <laughs> and no. that's the thing. is, It's just like mentally, it's just, it's a mental game sometimes. Mm-hmm. Which I think is interesting how like you have that support in your, in your wife. It is crazy for me to tell my wife, I have to leave this job. I want to really work on podcasting. I really want to get back to what makes me happy and do what makes me happy and find a job where I'm not stressed. I don't even have to make a lot of money. Like, I took a job where I took a pay cut. She was okay with it because the Jesse she got at that from that job is a happy Jesse. I get off early. I get to be with my daughter. And I have plenty of time to work on my craft. I can put the same hours I'm at work into my craft as well and spend time with my family. And it took me three months to find that. And me being patient, not just just jumping on anything. 
you know, I'm very lucky to have the woman I do have because a lot of people can't say the same, you know, about their significant others. It's rare. <laughs> no, no, no. More, <laughs> especially when you have responsibilities, uh, you're not going to get a pass like that often. Yeah, because it's just like, I think that's just like the, the beauty in kind of like love and just in general is like when you genuinely love someone, like you're just going to support them in whatever they do, right? Because right. their happiness is your happiness and you just want to see them happy. And I think that's what I get from love is like, I just want you to be happy. I feel like that's how you know it's unconditional. Mm-hmm. You know, there's so many people in relationships that have a conditional type of love. That's That shows me. Like, she loves me. She wants the best for our family. And I appreciated that so much. So she she's also another reason that I kind of have this fire because I'm like, all the investments you've been giving me, I'm going to give you back tenfold. And that's my mindset, mm-hmm. you know, with it. That's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> it, it truly is. And, like, not everyone gets that opportunity, so like I'm happy for you because when you have that support system, it's easier to to move on, move forward, and really hone in on your craft. And you, you talk about podcasting and you talk about everything else. We'll get to that in a little bit. Yeah. But the one thing that I really want to harp on is mental health because mm-hmm. we talked about how you were at that low place and how you didn't know like the what was next, yeah. right? So 2020. 2021 and now this year has been crazy as hell (laughs) with the pandemic and everything else that was going on in the world Uh, my question for you is just how have you been taking care of yourself mentally mentally how i've been personally uh, a lot of meditation being okay with being by myself and in my own head in a good way also one thing the number one thing is instead of asking why saying thank you right it, it so many little things happen in our life that we can be if we look for saying thankful just being thankful just having gratitude like i'm thankful for waking up i'm thankful hey i i found a parking spot up front thank you you know even like from the lesson say you don't get the sale or whatever but you learn why be thankful for that lesson you know, practicing gratitude. When you you see more positive in things, it makes life a lot easier. It makes you smile every day. You know, instead of asking, why can't I be rich? Why can't I have that man and woman that I want so bad? Why can't I have this? Like, keep on asking yourself that you're going to be miserable. And that's how, especially with seasonal depression, like during the holidays, why can't I get my wife this? I can't get my wife this, but I'm thankful for even having a woman that loves me. And just finding little things like that. Gratitude has been another thing that pushed me. And when I finally like accepted that my brother was my brother, I was thankful for him. I was thankful that I have a best friend. Not like now we're best friends. Mm-hmm. It took me 16 years to be best friends with my own triplet. And I'm thankful for that learning experience. Um just little things, find little things to be thankful for. Like, it makes you smile. Like, it truly does. Like, oh, dang, I got a dog? That's dope. I got food on the table. <laughs> oh, that's dope. I don't have to drink, you know, dirt water. <laughs> like, You're right. It's good. It's wild because, like, every time, like, I go to therapy, mm-hmm. I, like, I'll say something. And she's like, because 
<laughs> I'm like, oh gosh. Because it's like, I'll say something and she's like, okay, but it's because of what? Like, there's always a because. Like, right. oh, like, I can't do this. Okay, why? Why can't you do that? There's always that that extra step that we kind of like, our brain like shuts off. It's like, I can't do this, but why can't you do that? Right? You, you see what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's kind of like the same thing. It's like, you're like, I can't do this, but I'm thankful I have this. Mm-hmm. Okay, like, I can't get my wife this, but I can get her this. And that should be good enough. Like, you know what I mean? Not, not even that. And you don't have to let that be, like, finite either. Like, I can't get her this right now. But mm-hmm. I'm thankful I can get her this here. I can't get her that Louis Vuitton because my wife is bougie. <laughs> but I can give her a trip to, like, I got her a trip to Miami. Mm-hmm. Right? I can't get all this. I can't get her that huge house. But I can do this. And I'm grateful for having that ability and that because that you were talking about. I can't get her this because of I'm not at the job that I won't. Mm-hmm. And then you can even go further. But that job gave me a peace of mind, which in turn, I can give my wife and daughter a peace of mind. So it, as many excuses as you want to make on being upset with yourself, you can make just as many as being happy with yourself. Positive reinforcements all the time. <laughs> I think that's the one thing I learned in education because, uh, mm-hmm. like, I worked with I work with kids, um, and it's just like for every negative, you have to come back with four to five positives. Absolutely, and that's the thing is like if you, th- I try to do it with myself. Is like if I say a negative thing, I try to think of three positives. Like, oh, today sucked. Okay, why? <laughs> <laughs> why? Because. Because this, but this happened, this happened, this happened. Mm-hmm. Like, earlier today, like, I was super frustrated <laughs> mm-hmm. because this lady, I've been emailing, I've, e- I've been trying to get a hold of her for three months. Mm-hmm. So I finally took the next step and, like, reached out to someone else to kind of, like, introduce us. Mm-hmm. And then she finally responded. And I was like listen, like, you could have just did this forever ago. And what really pissed me off, like, really, was she asked how I, how she could help me. And I was like, well, if you saw my last five emails, <laughs> like, you know what I mean? But then I was like, okay. I, like, got to go outside today. It's really nice. Hey, right? Finally. <laughs> it feels that good. Tundra, well, you had to probably suffer through the tundra. I was on the beach. But <laughs> um, I hibernate. <laughs> I don't, you don't I, even go out. <laughs> no. I like would only go out to take my dog out. <laughs> As you should. It was freezing. Wasn't it like almost negative? I don't know. I don't know. I was in war. <laughs> I was inside. Wait, look, look, look. I'm thankful that I can be warm. Hey, I, I was thankful that I have a balcony now because yeah. I would just open that door up. She would run outside. Oh, perfect. Pee on top of the snow and then <laughs> run back. <laughs> run back in. So I'm just like sweet, but it's just like those little things in life, mm-hmm. and I think that's, I think everyone learned from this pandemic is how to cope and deal with themselves internally, because um, you had so much free time. Everyone learned something from this pandemic. You had to. You you you're sitting in your house, quarantine. You had to learn something. You had to do something. And for those people who made it, like that time as valuable as possible from self-help, I know they were doing like therapy over the phone mm-hmm. and stuff like that. Like, I commend them. And for those people who um, didn't necessarily take all those steps, be grateful you still got time to do it. You still can do it. 
you know. It's wild because I, I see like, like this is so random, but like all these little pop up tents of Bengals gear <laughs> throughout I'm, the city. It's lit. I am so happy. I'm like, damn, I picked the wrong profession. <laughs> like, if I can make shirts, like, you can make a killing right now. I'm actually going to make custom Bengals gear. Um, yeah, I'm planning on making because I got a design idea. Uh, for him. well, you better get to it because if we win this Super Bowl, oh, which this is gonna be way after. way after, so either we're gonna be very happy or <laughs> or don't talk to us. <laughs> Honestly, like we're the underdogs going into the Super Bowl, it's but, the spot to be but it's also like, yes, it would be disappointing that we didn't win, but when you think of the future, like we have our core. For the next four years. Dude, and dude, we have dude, like yeah. one of the, if not, like we're in the top three in cap space. So like we can we have if what, we, 54 million, I think. Something like that. It's, it's like a shit ton of money. <laughs> right. So if we can get that offensive line and then that's really all you need because you have Joe Mixon, Jamar Chase, Joe Burrow. You oh, have so young too. They're all on four year contracts. Tyler Boyd, like they're still on contract Joe, for the next four and, years. Yeah, and Burrow and Chase, you don't have to pay for a little bit, but they're going to try to. They're gonna extend. <laughs> They'll extend those Pretty real quick. quick. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe like year three. Yeah, dude. Burrow, if he gets a ring, I, they need it. He's not next going, day. They're not going. He's not going anywhere. Yeah, yeah, he's not. No, but that's the thing. Is like, I see him all over the place, and I'm just like, dang. Like I have a friend who painted this dope ass picture of Joe Burrow. He's like, I want to sell it. But he's like, I don't know if I should do it now or wait until after the Super Bowl. But he's like, then I'm taking a gamble because like, if they win the Super Bowl, it goes up. Mm-hmm. But it's also like, it, it can go either way because if Joe Burrow wins comeback player of the year Thursday night. The, the best know, tonight. Oh, that is tonight. Shit. That's tonight. <laughs> that's... I'm thinking like Thursday night. Like It's not Thursday. No, that's tonight. It, it starts at nine, I think, or eight or nine. But you know what I mean? So like, there's like different things, and it's just crazy. And I, we just got so off topic. I know. It's fine. <laughs> Cincinnati fans, ain't nothing wrong with it. We, we deserve this. We deserve this. Oops, sorry, my nephew. I know you're good. So I kind of want to get into your podcast real quick. Yeah. Tell us about it. Uh... Very unfiltered. <laughs> like I said, I had that broken chain moment. And during that moment is I decided to be all of me. And in this podcast, you're going to get all of me. The very vulgar size and the very serious size. Mm-hmm. And then I also have, I'm, I'm very much like deal with a lot of the culture, uh, what trends are going on, uh, what news I have to guess every week. A lot of them are in the entertainment business. As far a lot of artists too, musicians, which I'm blessed to have some of those connections with. Um, just in general, just being able to have those taboo conversations. That's that's my biggest thing. Mm-hmm. Um, the biggest thing for me is I want to have those conversations as well as. Have fun with them. I want to make jokes. I love comedy, right? Comedy is something that pulled me out of a dark place. Um, so I'm even like writing my own stand up just cause, mm-hmm. you know. So um, even making fun of those things that should not be funny is what you're probably going to get. Dark too. humor. Dark humor. <laughs> it's always the best humor. <laughs> Let me, 
comedy's not funny if at least one person isn't offended. That, that That's just my mindset to it, right? So you're going to get a lot of that. But just in general, it's just a melting pot of I just want to have fun and hear people's fun stories, mm-hmm. right? You have some people with the news going on and everything. Everything has become um, so heavy-hearted. I want this to be a place for the most part. It's lighthearted, goofy, but we can't. We will touch on those serious topics. I want this to be an escape from your normal life. Just hear, you know, people just being silly and goofy. You know, I feel like we need that right now. I feel it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I've listened to a few episodes and. When you you have no filter. Oh, no, no. What's the point? Because <laughs> I had a filter for 26 years. That's what or makes it so years. authentic, though. And I think that's what I like about it is, like, you're not trying to put on this, this, this I don't know what word I'm Facade. That's what I was about to say. <laughs> I, but I was you, like, bro. I was like, is that the right word? <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I don't think that's the right word, so I'm not going to say it. But it's like you're trying to put on this, like, face and being someone you're not. And you're being authentically you. And I think that's what's beautiful about it. Mm-hmm. So where can people... Find your podcast. You can find my podcast on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Um, I'm going to get other, probably Google Podcasts. It's going to be up uh, this week, if I'm not mistaken. Um, so that's where you can find it. It should be up by the time y'all hear this. Oh, yeah. It's going to definitely be up. <laughs> um, we're also, we're starting video this year, right? Um, I'm fortunate to be able to do enough learning mm-hmm. To be able to clip it, so you you can also find some stuff on YouTube um, at Compassionate Fool, um, and then obviously the Compassionate Fool Instagram, you'll be able to see some reels, and then on TikTok, you'll be able to see some reels as well. That is what I'm trying to learn how to do TikTok, because like I've been doing video clips mm-hmm. off of like my Zoom calls because mm-hmm. I record them. Obviously, because right. I have to get the audio, <laughs> but it records the video. So, like, I've been trying to take those and implementing them mm-hmm. into some kind of social media thing. Oh yeah, I don't know. Uh, we'll, yeah. we'll see how it goes. Do you have any questions? I got you. <clears throat> no, but I appreciate you. Um, I appreciate you taking the time out of your day to come on and tell your story and talk about your life, your journey, and everything you've been through. Uh, so, if anyone wants to continue having a conversation with you. About anything that we talked about today, whether it's sports, comedy, podcasting, whatever it may be, uh, what's the best way for them to get a hold of you? The best way is probably my Instagram, uh, Jesse underscore Armstead, um, and then the Compassionate Fool uh, Instagram as well, at Compassionate Fool. Um, but it's, I appreciate this. I, I'm so glad Devon hooked this up because you almost had me crying, bro. I'll <laughs> be honest. I, you heard so, you had me. Uh, able to talk about things that I don't usually open up on, you know. And once again, I, I, I'm i glad I can finally be myself mm-hmm. nowadays, you know. That's what this good. podcast is about, though. Um, I feel like everyone has a story. Mm-hmm. Everyone has a purpose. Um, and every, and I feel like you should live that purpose, Absolutely. right? I end, every, I end every episode saying the same thing. Mm-hmm. And you'll hear it in a little bit. <laughs> but again, thank you so much. No, thank uh, you, man. Thank you guys for listening in. Uh, I'm going to put all of Jesse's information in the description below. If you guys reach out to him, please let him know where you found him. Again, I'm going to put all of Jesse's information in the description below. Thanks for listening in. And always remember, find your purpose and ignite your why. Peace.